You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, this Victory Monday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is presented by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. We got the total 2020 Tennessee Titans experience on Sunday when the Titans defeated the Detroit Lions 46-25. to We got an explosive offense that looked near unstoppable at points and times during the game and we got a Tennessee Titans defense that was up and down but at the end of the day the Titans do get their 10th victory of the season and the Titans have now gotten through the four straight years of nine and seven and gotten through the 12 straight years of not having a double digit win year so a big milestone for the Tennessee Titans but they are not done of course they have bigger dreams and bigger goals for the season but it is nice to see them turn this proverbial corner now we are going to break Break down everything that took place in this victory. We're going to start off with a little bit of a game recap from a big picture standpoint. Going to talk about the offense, going to talk about the defense and how this game was won. Then we're going to zoom in a little bit in our second segment, do everyone's favorite segment, tighten up and tighten down to go over the good and bad individual performances from the game on Sunday. And then we will cap off our show with an AFC recap. Going to give you guys a good idea of where the Tennessee Titans stand right now within the conference and, of course, within the division that I already hinted at. So we got you completely covered on this Victory Monday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it. wasn't clear already after 15 weeks it is safe to say this is the best Tennessee Titans offense since the team came to Nashville and we saw the full arsenal from that Titans offense on Sunday when they put up 46 points on the Detroit Lions en route to their 10th victory of the season and the Titans offense was simply unreal as it has been for most of the year they put up 40 points for the fourth time this year and Ryan Tannehill was just leading it all Tannehill was absolutely fantastic definitely the player of the game for the Titans the Titans scored six total offensive touchdowns and Tannehill was responsible for five of those touchdowns he had three in the air two on the ground the Titans had four 463 total yards on the day, 195 rushing yards, of course, 147 of those tacked on by star running back Derrick Henry, but the Titans offense was 9 for 11 on third downs. They were 5 for 5 
in the red zone. They were one for one on their two-point tries, even on special teams. The Titans were one for one on their field goal tries and five for five on their extra points. Literally perfection on the day from the Titans offense, although they did punt one time in this game. The Titans, as mentioned, were nearly perfect, and it's something that is completely a sight for sore eyes. The Titans as a franchise for the longest time were a defensive-led team that were led by the running game as well, wanted to keep the score low, keep things in hand, and play complimentary football. The Titans that we see in 2020 are essentially just the modern version of that philosophy, though, with a stellar offense. They still want to play complimentary football. They want to have solid defense and run the ball, but that's not the way things have gone, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So the Titans have been absolutely explosive. One of the more explosive offenses we have seen in recent memory in NFL history over the last two years. So it's time to make sure that we sit back and appreciate how dominant this Tennessee Titans offense was. Tannehill got the ball to eight different players. It was just a complete team effort on the offensive side of the ball. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, the reason that we appreciate the explosive offense so much is because the Titans' defense is simply terrible. And although they were able to come out victorious today, the Titans' defense was terrible again. They allowed 7 of 12 conversions on third down. That's 58%. The Lions were 3 of 4 in the red zone. They gave up 307 passing yards, 123 rushing yards on on the ground. So uh, a pretty poor effort from the Titans defense who still got no pressure whatsoever on Matt Stafford and also didn't do a fantastic job in coverage either. But one thing the Titans defense did do was force turnovers. That was key for them in this game. They forced two fumbles and had an interception. Kevin Byard got his first pick of the season late in the game after the game was already in hand. But the two forced fumbles, one of them coming in the red zone on the goal line for the Titans were absolutely critical. So if the Titans can have this explosive offense and the defense can find a way to get turnovers, which quite frankly has been the recipe all year long, then there's no reason to think that the Titans can't still accomplish their season long goals. But that remains to be seen at this time. The Titans are 10 and four. But again, what has just been absolutely incredible is the play of the Titans offense. As I mentioned earlier, this was the fourth game over 40 points for the Titans this season. It was their ninth game going over 30 points on the year. Ryan Tannehill, who was the player of the game, is now the first Tennessee Titans quarterback to ever throw over 30 touchdowns in a season. Also, Ryan Tannehill is just 105 passing yards away from holding the single-season passing record for the Titans. Also, speaking of Ryan Tannehill, with the three touchdown passes and the two rushing touchdowns and a 145.8 quarterback rating in the game today, Tannehill becomes the third player in NFL history with those numbers in a single game since Michael Vick in 2010, and then the third was Jack Kemp in 1960. So a historic day from Ryan Tannehill. He's been leading a historic Tennessee Titans offense this year. 
Now, speaking of that historic Tennessee Titans offense, I'm going to continue breaking down that Titans offense from a schematic perspective throughout the rest of the week. Tomorrow is Tic Tac Tuesday on the Locked On Titans podcast, and that includes our Tic Tac four pack where I break down the four most impactful plays from the victory from an X's and O's perspective. So step in the film room with me on Tuesday, and then we go back to the film room on Wednesday for Rewatch Wednesday, where I open up my notes notebook and give you all of my additional analysis and extra insights from re-watching the coaches tape. So we have a lot more to talk about with the Titans offense coming in the week. Make sure that you're subscribed to the Locked On Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream and follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans so you don't miss the visual film breakdowns that I post on there. But we are going to continue breaking down this game. Remember, we're going to zoom in our lens here. Look at the individual performance performances and everyone's favorite segment tighten up and tighten down but before we do I want to remind you guys that this episode is brought to you by 1010 now you may have read about this in the New York Times or Forbes and I'm excited to tell you about it 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. And when they're gone... They're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers, working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're making 2021 plans or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th and you can preview it exclusively at bluenile.com It is Victory Monday here on the Locked on Titans podcast, and we are going to continue breaking down everything that took place in that matchup, and we talked about my bigger picture takeaways in our first segment, the Titans' unstoppable offense and how the defense, despite its flaws, was able to force turnovers. Well, let's zoom in a little bit and talk about the good and the bad individual performances in Titan Up and Titan Down, and remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans and let me know your tighten ups and your tighten downs. If you agree, disagree, or feel like I missed any, make sure to let me know. But let's dive right in and we are going to start, of course, with the tighten ups. And the first tighten up might be the biggest tighten up of all, and that is quarterback Ryan Tannehill. I talked a lot about Tannehill earlier in the show, but it's worth bringing up again. 21 of 27, 273 yards, three passing touchdowns, 21 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. The stat that I mentioned earlier in the show, Ryan Tannehill had three passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, and a quarterback rating of over 145. That's only 
only happened three times in NFL history. The first time, Jack Kemp in 1960, then Mike Vick in 2010, and now Ryan Tannehill in 2020. His regression from last season just simply didn't exist. Ali Crow, myself, I didn't think that he was going to play at this level, but Ryan Tannehill has been a top five quarterback in the NFL this year, and it's it's a lot to do with the, with the scheme, of course. He fits perfectly within it, but he has completely handled his business, and he bailed the Titans out with some incredible throws when the run game was going kind of slow early on. And speaking of the run game, got to talk about Derrick Henry. He had 24 carries, 147 yards, and one touchdown. And the thing to mention here is the Lions were actually doing a pretty good job of getting interior pressure, darting through gaps, making it hard on Derrick Henry, hitting him before the line of scrimmage. He had one of his best days in terms of yards after contact. And that's just something that he's been doing all year. The Titans offensive line has been good, but they certainly haven't been phenomenal or one of the top five offensive lines in the NFL. Derrick Henry has gotten help from the from the offensive line, but he's just been phenomenal. Five games this year, he's had over 100 yards after contact, after he's been contacted by a defender. It's simply incredible. Number two in the NFL is Dalvin Cook with three and Aaron Jones has two. So he's got five games and the next two people on the list combined for five games. So he did a great job today, even though the offensive line didn't have a stellar performance. Derrick Henry in Dehember continues to produce for the Titans when they need it most. And he really kicked it on late in the first half and ended up with 80 yards rushing in that first half. So dominant from Derrick Henry. And this next Titan up just continues to make plays, and that is Corey Davis. Four catches, 110 receiving yards, and one touchdown. Of course, that 75-yard bomb from Ryan Tannehill that was early in the game, early for the Titans, I believe their second touchdown. So really important as the Titans' defense had just given up an opening drive touchdown to the Lions offense. So the Titans needed every single point they could get very early on. And Corey Davis was able to deliver. And this conversation right now is more than just Corey Davis's performance in the game. At this point, it's something I conceded on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. The Titans got to do whatever they can to extend Corey Davis. I'm not all about breaking the bank and paying him as a top flight wide receiver. But with A.J. Brown on a rookie contract, the Titans can't afford to maybe part ways with Adam Humphreys, maybe let Jonu Smith walk in free agency. They're obviously going to be thinking about letting Jayon Brown walk in free agency. Maybe you can restructure with Malcolm Butler. Maybe, although he's been incredible and probably get a Pro Bowl vote, maybe let Malcolm Butler go at his incredible price tag. Uh, Whatever the Titans got to do to keep A.J. Brown and Corey Davis together and keep this offense completely completely together. I think that's what they have to consider doing. So uh, I, I will admit I'll eat some crow on Corey Davis as well. The Titans at this point maybe have to work a little bit harder to figure out a scenario where they could keep Corey Davis in the fold. I thought Kevin Byard had his best day of the year, and it's not just because he finally got an interception on the, on the year. It's it, 
It's more than that. He was better in man coverage, felt like he was making plays, felt like he had more confidence in the people around him. Byard had 10 total tackles, one tackle for loss, had two passes defended, had that interception, so I thought his best day of the year. And, and don't mistake, I'm not saying Kevin Byard's back in his old form or anything like that. Still wasn't absolutely incredible, but I thought it was his best day of the season, and he made some impactful plays for the Titans, and it was just nice to see. So uh, a tighten up for Kevin Byard, a big tighten up for Daquan Jones, Jeffrey Simmons, and Tyre Tart as a trio on the interior. Daquan Jones, of course, forced that fumble on the goal line. They talked about Will Compton getting the credit on the uh, on the broadcast, but it was Daquan Jones who actually knocked the ball loose, and then Compton came through, uh, exaggerated that, knocked it free, and was able to get on it. So we'll talk about him in a second. But uh, Daquan Jones, I thought, was great in the interior, made a ton of plays in the run game. Jeff. Jeffrey Simmons, I thought, was solid as well. They ran away from Jeff a lot, he, but I thought he did uh, as one of the only Titans players to get pressure in the passing game. In the pass rush, I thought Jeff did a pretty good job, and his hit on Matthew Stafford late in the game was what finally put Matthew Stafford out and got the backup in. Tyre Tart had the big tackle for loss and his return from suspension. I thought he got some good penetration throughout the day in limited snaps. But the big thing is in the first half, DeAndre Swift only averaged 2.9 yards per carry. Now he ended the game at 4.5 yards per carry, but a lot of that came after the game was already in hand for the Titans and they obviously were playing lazy on defense. So I thought the Titans did a really good job in the first half of holding down DeAndre Swift in the run game. I thought that was important with all the success that the Lions were having in the passing game in the first half. If the Titans would have let them run the ball too, well, that could have been a recipe for disaster. And some of the quick last tighten-ups that I have here, Adoree Jackson played 27 snaps in the game, had two tackles, did have that one big third-down stop. So shout-out to Adoree in his return. He he didn't look his old self, but nice to see him get his feet wet. The way he was used was a little curious, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in the show later on in the Titan Downs, but uh, uh, nice to see him out there and having somewhat of an impact. Uh, Darrington Evans, the rookie running back, nice to see him back on the field, had 57 total yards and that touchdown at the end. I thought he also looked pretty good returning the ball on kickoff, so nice to see that explosive component. He's something that the Titans offense simply does not have. And then Steven Goskowski, one for one, five for five, made all his kicks. I told you guys all season that we shouldn't cut him even though people were screaming for it. Look at him now. So nice to see Steven Gokowski out there making all of the kicks. And then the last one is Nick Westbrook Akina in special teams. Had two really big plays in special teams, two big tackles. So had to make sure that I, I shouted him out here for his play in special teams. Let's get into the Titan downs quickly, go through these. David Questenberry, he continues to try to do that cut block and pass protect. Uh, it's not going to work. Cut blocks only work if you get the ball out quick. We can't do a cut block on a defensive end in a third and long situation. It's not going to work, and he's done it so much, and we've seen it so much on tape 
that defenders know that it's coming and they're ready for it and they're using their athleticism to just jump right around him and he's basically useless. It led to two points for the Lions, changed the momentum in the game, really gave them a chance to get back in it in the first half. So Questenberry, man, you gotta you gotta do better than that. I know some of that is he's being coached to do that, but whether it's the the coaching staff, whether it's Quest himself, gotta do better than that cut block, man. It's not working anymore and it's getting you beat and it's causing big plays for the defense. Uh, every single week, it seems like. Early on in the game, Ben Jones was really struggling with the interior guys from the Lions. He kicked it up late and obviously the Titans were able to run the ball, but just something got to point out, got to point out as a Titan down, a partial Titan down. I thought that on the edges, the Lions really attacked the edges of the Tennessee Titans defense, the weak side, the backside edge uh, in the run game. I thought Jack Crawford, Derek Roberson, David Long, all uh, Matt Dickerson included, didn't do a very good job in the run game. And, and the Lions had success in the run game. They're minimal successes when those guys didn't do a good job and, and, and didn't hold the edge and didn't hold a firm edge, specifically uh, Roberson and Crawford. Probably Wyatt Ray can be included in that as well. I I thought Amani Hooker had up and down moments throughout the game. Glad that he ended up being healthy, didn't have the concussion. I do want him on the field, but just wish he would do a little bit better in, in man coverage. That's all. Uh, a, a tighten down for Christian Fulton. Uh, he was inactive in this game, but that big Titan down goes for the Titans defensive coaching staff. The way that they used the cornerbacks in this game, they didn't start a Dory Jackson. And when they brought him on the field, they took Desmond King off the field, put a Dory in the slot and left Ty Smith on the field. What? What? No, Desmond King is better than Ty Smith. Also, Christian Fulton. I would rather see Christian Fulton out there all day long than Ty Smith. What are we doing? So if you're going to do that rotation with a Dory, at least take Ty Smith off the field on third down, third and longs, and let a Dory play outside with Desmond King on the slot. Or if you're going to, if you don't want to do that, then my God, have Christian Fulton, the second round rookie. Come on. Man, it's frustrating. I'm sure that that's the right move from the coach's perspective. Maybe Fulton hasn't deserved it, and he's inactive because he doesn't help on special teams. And they're thinking, hey, if you're not going to start at cornerback, then we can't have a Dory Jackson who doesn't play special teams and isn't starting and Christian Fulton who isn't starting and isn't playing special teams. We can't do that. We need Chris Milton. We need Joshua Kalu. We need some of the other guys. So I get that. But man, that cornerback rotation, the cornerback personnel in this game just really perplexed and perplexes me. So tighten down for Christian Fulton not being able to play special teams, but also a tighten down on the Titans coaching staff and the way that they use the cornerbacks in this game. And then finally, only a half tighten down. I got to check the film on this, but Malcolm Butler uh, probably had his worst performance in a matchup. Uh, Marvin Jones had 10 catches, uh, 112 yards and a touchdown. I, it wasn't all on Malcolm Butler. It wasn't, but I didn't think Malcolm Butler did a great job on uh, on Marvin Jones either. So that's going to do it for tighten up, tighten down the individual performances. Remember, later on in the week, Thursday, we'll be crossover Thursday with Peter Bukowski, and he is not a big fan of Ryan Tannehill. So you don't want to miss out on that conversation as I try to maybe give him a maybe give him a little bit of. Uh, of what he had to say about Tannehill, give it back to him a little bit on the show. So check that out on Crossover Thursday here on the Locked on Titans podcast. Before we go into our AFC recap, though, and take a look at what took place in the conference and where the Titans sit within the playoff picture right now, I want to talk to you guys about betonline.ag. Are you ready for some football, college football heads? It's bowl season, and there are some big matchups ahead. 
ahead. The NFL regular season is finishing up and the playoffs are right around the corner. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. BetOnline.ag Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. You got NFL games of the week like I mentioned. The top teams in college football are going to be duking it out. You cannot sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Every week on Friday on our Football Friday Game Preview, I do Keeping It Plus 100 to tell you guys exactly how to bet the Tennessee Titans game. So, go to betonline.ag. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Go to betonline.ag. Your online sports book experts. It has been a fantastic victory Monday here on the Locked on Titans podcast. If I do say so myself, we recapped the game from a big picture standpoint, took a look at the incredible effort from the offense and the turnover heavy performance from the Titans defense en route to the 46-25 to victory. Then we zoomed in, talked about some individual performances in Titan up and Titan down, led by Titans quarterback Ryan. Tannehill and his five touchdowns on the day and now we are going to cap off this victory Monday taking a look at where the Tennessee Titans sit within the AFC take a look at the other games that took place over the weekend and of course we have to start with the Indianapolis Colts the Titans are currently in that AFC South race with the Colts and for a second game this year the Texans with a chance to tie or beat the Colts late in the game fumble within the five-yard line and give an easy victory to the Colts. So, of course, the Titans get no help from Houston this year, and the Colts match the Titans. They go to 10-4 and with a 27-20 victory over the Texans. The Titans can't take a breather. Uh, they, they got the Colts breathing down their neck. They can't miss a step, and both teams have a really difficult matchup next week. The Colts go to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. The Titans go to Green Bay to take on the Packers and whoever wins that matchup whichever team can win that matchup really deserves to win the division if the Titans were to lose and the Colts were to win it would be incredibly difficult for the Titans to win the division at that point because they would basically be relying on the Colts to lose to the Jags and although that happened week one I'd I just can't see that happening right now, especially with the Jets winning a game, their first win of the year, going to 1-13. and uh, Now, because of that and the tiebreakers, the Jags have the number one pick, so they wouldn't dare blow their opportunity at a number one pick by sweeping the Colts and helping out the Titans. So I just can't, I can't foresee that as a logical outcome. So I can't acknowledge that as a possibility. So basically, the Titans are going to have to, you know, win their games. At the end of the day, that's what really counts. They got to quit hoping for help and they got to take care of business against the Packers and then against the division rival in the Texans. And if they do that, they're 12 and 4 and they win their division, they get a playoff home game, exactly what we've been hoping for for the last 
12 to 13 years. So that game didn't go the Titans' way. Uh, another big game for the Titans that also included a division opponent. The Baltimore Ravens improved to 9-5 and five on the year and defeat Jacksonville, kicking them down to 1-13. It was 40-14, to 14, a complete dismantling. Jacksonville has completely given up. There were some reports that they might keep Doug Marone. They just cannot do that. They just cannot do that. I mean, I hope they do because, you know, I don't want anything uh, anything good for the Jags. But, man, what a colossal failure as an organization that would be if they kept that guy around after this season. But uh, that that was a big a big win for the Ravens and tough for the tough for the Titans because I mean the Ravens are now still in the thick of it if the Ravens lose a game and get to six losses you're thinking as a Titans fan the Titans won't drop to you know uh, 10 and 5 or, or, or even if they drop to 10 and 6 then they would have the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Ravens but the Ravens aren't giving the Titans that luxury and they could very well end up 11 and 5 and really make it difficult on the Titans if they don't win their division Miami again 9 and 5 on the year now after defeating the Patriots 22 to 12 eliminating New England from playoff contention the Dol- I mean if the Titans lose one game next week and these teams win I, the Titans are barely in the playoffs of course they have that tiebreaker over Baltimore but Man, making it tough. Making it very, very tough. Uh, As we talked about the Raiders, uh, I think I mentioned this on Friday's show. If not, the Raiders lost on Thursday night football to the Chargers 30-27. They dropped to 7-7. That basically eliminates the Raiders from any playoff hope. There's not going to be a 9-7 playoff team in the AFC. And if it is, it might be the Titans. It might be... Uh, the Colts, it's going to be a team who has the tiebreaker over the Raiders. So they're basically eliminated now. Haven't seen confirmation of that, but that's basically where we're at. Uh, Next, Buffalo on Saturday dismantled Denver 48-19. They're 11-3. You had to be watching them because if the Titans were able to tie Buffalo, they would have the tiebreaker due to head-to-head victory, and they would get the three seed instead of the four seed. But that just doesn't look like that's going to happen at this point. Buffalo is a very, very good team. They're definitely a a different and better team than the one the Titans beat earlier in the year. That was a long time ago, so I just don't see the Titans having an opportunity here to catch up to Buffalo, but it's still possible, and that's what's most important. It's still possible. Now, the last game that we have to take a look at is Sunday Night Football, and it's the Cleveland Browns against the New York Giants. And we are in the fourth quarter of that game as I record this right now. The Browns are up 20-3. to They're dominating a team that they are better than, so it's only logical, unless something crazy happens, that we can assume the Browns will win this game, which means they will go to 10-4 and on the season. So let me, after talking about all these different matchups, of course, the Chiefs won their game. The Chiefs and the Steelers are ahead of the Titans. There's really no catching them in, in any realm of possibility in my mind, so that's why I didn't necessarily spend a lot of time on them, but I guess worth noting that the Chiefs did win their game over the New Orleans Saints. The score of that game was... 32-29, to so a close game, but because the Chiefs scored 32 points and not 33 points, the Titans are now the highest scoring team in the NFL, so that's pretty awesome seeing that late result here. The Steelers, of course, play on Monday Night Football, so... The AFC playoff picture as it sits here at the end of the weekend, and let's just assume the Steelers are going to beat the Bengals. That seems fair. 
The Chiefs have the number one seed. They would have the bye. I really like what the NFL did, making it seven teams per conference. Only one team should get a bye. If you're number one, you win the conference, you should get a bye. Being second place shouldn't be rewarded in that sort of way. So I like the change. Second place would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, the Buffalo Bills would be at the three seed. They're 11-3. and three. If the Titans can have the same record as the Bills, they would hop the Bills because of head-to-head. But right now, it doesn't seem like that's necessarily going to be an option. So let's continue forward. It has things look right now. The Titans would be the number four seed sitting at 10-4. and four. The Browns would be the number five seed, the number one wild card. And here's why they would be above the Colts, even though both teams are 10-4. and four. It's simple. Head Head-to-head win. The Browns beat the Colts earlier in the year, so that's why they would win that matchup. Then the Colts would be the number six seed at 10 and four. And then the Dolphins right now would be the seven seed at nine and five ahead of Baltimore, who is also nine and five. But Baltimore is six and five in the AFC. The Dolphins are six and four. So that's a better conference record, which would give them the tiebreaker for that spot. So right now, As things are, the Steelers would play the Dolphins, the Bills would play the Colts, and the Titans would get a rematch against the Browns if things were as they are right now. But of course, we know there's a lot of moving and shaking that takes place at the end of the NFL season. But that is the AFC playoff picture recap from this week 15. The Titans, of course, I don't say control their own destiny anymore because destiny is predetermined. It doesn't even make any sense. But the Titans control their own fate and they control their own path. They can determine whether they get that home playoff game. So the Titans got to handle business. That's what it comes down to. One thing to mention is when Marcus was having a day, uh... Everybody was happy for him on Twitter. And one guy, Paul Kaharski, of course, was telling everybody, you're an idiot if you want Marcus to do well. You're you're a dummy if you want the Raiders to win. And that may be the case. But for me, you know what I really want? I want the Titans to handle business. I want the Titans to go out and win a division. I want the Titans to not be squirming and praying for help going into week 17. I want the Titans to handle business. And if they do, then Marcus Mariota, Marcus Marcus can go out there and win and play well and have fun. Now, he didn't. He did play pretty well, but he had his moments. It was a true Marcus experience. They lost, though, so the Titans got what they wanted. The Titans got what they needed. They lost to the Chargers. But, man, I guess the, the overall point is I just want the Titans to handle business for once and not need help and not let me down. And today was a big step in not doing that, or Sunday. You guys are listening to this on Monday, of course. But anyways, that is going to do it for today's Victory Monday. What a time to be alive. The Titans are 10-4. and four. I am going to be back with you guys tomorrow on a Tic Tac Tuesday. Going to have the Tic Tac 4-pack ready to go for you guys. Breaking down the four most impactful plays from an X's and O's perspective. Make sure that you're subscribed to the Locked on Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream. But that's going to do it for me today. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.